Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at ToddHancock.ca. Hey, Diana. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us. Yeah, sure. No problem. Right on. Yeah. So, um, I mean, your, uh, your, your resume and uh, your, your job career or whatever you want to call it is extensive and it's impressive. Uh, how long have you been taking fitness seriously? Oh, well, let's see. Um, 20, about 25 years. Okay. I, I was, I was an athlete growing up, but I would say like serious and like kind of pursuing bigger goals within the fitness industry and stuff was, it's been about 25 years. Right. So good, good chunk of your time then for sure. Yeah. And- <laughs> And so as a kid, like you're saying sports and all that, like, what did you, what did you play before, you know, getting into like the fitness, you know, uh, road? Oh, I play, like, I grew up playing basketball and I grew up in Vermont. So I was just, I was really active as a kid and, you know, outdoors all the time. And I played field hockey, which is kind of like an East coast thing. Like you yeah, come out yeah. here Midwest and they don't even know what that is, but um, yeah, I played college uh, basketball all the way through college. Okay. And, and started working out actually when I was 14. That was when I first got into the gym. Mm, and what was it that, that got you in there? Was it just a friend or just kind of, you know, to get that more fit or what was it? It was actually a friend. It was, um, a, a, I was a freshman in high school and one of my friends was on the football team and he was like, Hey, the football team, we, we get up at six in the morning and we train in the gym before school starts. And he's like, do you want to come? And I was like, Sure. So I just started getting up and I would go and, and meet him and some other friends and okay. and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, sure. <laughs> but something's was, better than nothing though, right? It was better than nothing. And it, you know, it made me feel strong and I was very shy as a kid. So it kind of helped pull me out of my shell and, you know, gain some okay. confidence too. Oh, that's great. That's great. So are you still a big basketball fan? Do you watch a lot of games? You go to games? We don't, I don't watch basketball. You know, I lived in San Antonio, San Antonio for a period of time. So I watched when I lived there, but I've been in Kansas city for 14 years now. So it's all chiefs. It's yeah, all yeah, Kansas yeah. city. <laughs> it's all Kansas city. So, so you go to chiefs, you go to the game. Watch. You're more now of an NFL fan than basketball or what? Yes. <laughs> That's great. And, and I'm curious, like for, you know, when you're, when you are training and you, you, you pretty much train all the time, right? myself i yeah. mean like you're yeah constantly. it's a part yeah. of my lifestyle for sure yeah yeah so what's your approach to like what's your nutritional plan i guess like what what's your take on you know building meal plans and all that do you do that i do yeah we we have uh we've been online person my husband micah and i we have an online personal training platform we've we've worked with people online for for 14 years we were one of the very first in the online training space so yeah we put together people's nutrition in their workouts and we've helped literally thousands of people over the years just you know work on those new habits and you know whether it's weight loss or building muscle and go through you know their own personal transformations 
So, yeah, I mean, I do that for them and I, you know, I do that for myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my approach is just a balanced approach to eating. That's kind of what I've always done. I had my own transformation journey back in 2005. I was 50 pounds overweight and 50 pounds more than I am now. And it mm-hmm. was just, I was miserable, you know, and I, I didn't feel well. I wasn't happy with how my body looked or how my body felt. So that was, I kind of had this aha moment where I was like, I have to change you know, what I'm doing. And a lot of that was eating. I had very unhealthy eating habits. Mm. And, um, so that's what I did. I, I, I changed everything and I started to see my body change. And I, I literally never have gone back because I I enjoy this and I enjoy how this feels. So I never want to go back to what I was doing before. Mm, Yeah, fair enough. And and so what were, what were the, uh, unhealthy eating habits? Like where it was just like eating too much or the wrong things or like eating after 10 at night or like, what was it? Yes, it was uh, a little bit of all, all, yes, all those. (laughs) Uh, I had a major issue with compulsive overeating. Mm. So it was one of those things. And a lot of people struggle with this. It's a hidden behavior. And so, uh, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, I eat healthy. I don't know why I'm losing weight. But then they have hidden behaviors where they're getting into the closet at night and they're, you know, eating a whole bag of chips or cookies or just kind of binging at night when no one is watching. And that's what I would do. I would, I would basically starve myself throughout the day, I would get to the point where I was so hungry. And at the end of the night, I would just kind of have this really terrible behavior of just massively over consuming. And it came from a place of, you know, sadness. And, you know, I was struggling with some just, uh, you know, just a little bit of, I, I don't call it depression, but it was kind of on the verge of that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, setting this goal, and then developing the discipline that it took to achieve that goal, especially with my eating habits, it changed my body, but it also gave me this freedom. Like it was like, I felt so trapped by that behavior. So when I figured out, oh, wait, I can change my mind about this. I can discipline my behaviors. It kind of opened up this freedom for me of just like, I could, you know, breathe and relax and know that I had, I could absolutely control all my eating behaviors. And, um, you know, that just, it opened up so many more doors for me too, but it was more that just like, oh, okay, I do have control of this behavior and I can make great choices and, and, you know, do something more with my life too. What was that first step to, to correcting that, to making it so that you're not, you know, eating at 11 at night and ripping through a bag of chips or, or whatever it was? Yeah, it was first just having a plan. It was just coming up with this. I didn't have any structure to my eating. It was it was kind of you just wait till you get hungry and then you just eat whatever's available. So the first step was just, okay, you know, for me, it was I'm going to eat five times a day. And this is this is what I'm going to eat at this meal and this meal. And I'm, I'm going to prepare it. And and it was you know getting those foods out of the house that were temptation and then just getting the foods in that were going to help me. And then just being intentional with the preparation so that when that moment came, when I was hungry and it was time to eat, it wasn't like this frantic. What do I yeah. eat? It was literally right there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So the preparation was was huge. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say like to get rid of the stuff that uh, you shouldn't be eating because for me, like, I, you know, I have a ton of that shit for my kids, right? Like stuff that's like, eh, I, I, you know, I know I shouldn't eat that, but like they want it for their lunches or a snack or whatever, but it's that like opening up the cupboard. It's like 10, 10, 30, 11, like uh, I quickly grab that, grab that. It's like, now I just destroyed my great day that I was having up until that point. 
Yeah. And that's a really common issue with parents, I think, too, because, you know, if 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 there's no kids in the house, it's it's like I just tell people get it out because if you, we know. all have moments like nobody's super motivated to eat healthy all the time, you know, mm. so you're going to have moments of weakness where you're tired or you're stressed. And so it's like if it's not there the likelihood that you're going to get in the car and drive to the store to buy it instead right. of just being like, well, it's not here. So I can just make a healthier choice or, or, you know, not eat anything at all if it's later at night. But with parents, I do hear that a lot that it's, it's, it's a bigger challenge. You know, when you have kids in the house, I tell them just try to keep that stuff. If, if, you know, you don't need to keep a ton of junk for your kids anyway. Like you can right. start teaching them healthier habits when they're young. But if there's some treats, like just try to keep them where where you can't see them, at least like in a space right. that's just for them. So it's not like, side out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for you, what are those cheat foods? Like, what are the ones you're like, I'm getting, I'm doing that. And Oh, I'm like, I'm chips, like anything <laughs> that's crunchy. So like we go through seasons of like. Uh, I'm 45 now. And so I don't compete anymore. But every year, Micah and I, we put ourselves through a a mini prep. And it's just really to give ourselves new goals. We do photo shoots, and it's just to push ourselves to another level. So Mm -hmm. during those seasons, like everything's out of the house. We keep it super tight, like super clean. But then when we rel- then we kind of shift back into just our maintaining or he goes into a building season or it's just, you know, we go out to eat more. We travel more. Then I'm like, if there's chips in that thing, we can't have chips in the house because I am. a She calls me a chip monster. <laughs> I love it. My wife's a chip monster, too. Um, <laughs> what should somebody if they can rustle up enough money and want to take the plunge and are serious about getting into it. Like what should somebody be looking for in terms of grabbing a really good personal trainer? Um, What should they be looking for? I would say find that you want to find someone that can help you with a nutritional piece too. Mm. Early on in my personal training days, uh, when you become a certified trainer, you don't learn anything about nutrition. So it's, it's not a part of certification. It's not a part of any of that. So most personal trainers don't actually know what to, how to teach you to eat and the eating in conjunction with your training. If you're, if you're wanting a visual result and wanting your body to actually change, you have to do those two things in conjunction. So that would be the first thing is if, if you're actually wanting to lose weight, the training piece is great, extremely important, uh, both strength training, you know, and cardiovascular for your heart and your lungs. But if you're doing those things and you're not bringing your nutrition into alignment, then you're not going to see much change. You may get stronger. You may lose a little bit of weight if you're expending more calories than you were prior. But if if the eating isn't on point, it's you're not going to get the result. And when I was a new personal trainer, I didn't know any of that stuff. And I feel bad. Like I, I, I say, like my clients that I worked with like early on, I didn't know what to tell them to do. They were coming to me for weight loss and I actually didn't know what to do, like what to tell them to do to actually lose the weight they wanted to, to lose. When I went through my own personal transformation, it was like this light bulb went off of like, I have to, this is the piece I have to learn if I actually want to help people change because Mm -hmm. I can take them through workouts. That's great. But if I can't teach them how to change these eating behaviors and mindset behaviors, I'm not going to help them transform. Yeah. And especially if they're not, they don't know, I mean, maybe beyond not knowing what they need to do, but like they're there, but they don't really want to make the change. Like you need to wholeheartedly want to it to happen, right? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what we do is we hitch fit is all about transformation. And we say it all the time is it, it starts with the mind. You mm-hmm. know, someone will see uh, before and after pictures. We've we've got thousands of them. They'll come in. I want this, but I don't want to give up this. I don't want to change this. I want to <laughs> right. change that. Right. And those people will, will shake their hand. We'll say, hey, whenever you're actually there and ready to make a change, we'd love to help you. But yeah. it has to start up here with here's what I want. And even though these are the things I'm doing, like I'm willing to make the changes or put the effort in to get where I want to be. And, you know, we live in a quick fix society now. It's It makes our jobs hard because people want fast. They want quick. They want shortcuts and the shortcut typically never leads you to actually where you would like to go. So it's working on teaching people that the the slower process and the development of the discipline and the habits like, yeah, it's hard, but it makes your life so much easier in the long term. If you take the easy path, that usually leads to a harder life in the long term. Mm-hmm. And I think the the interesting thing, I've had a few conversations with, uh, you know, fitness trainers and whatever over the years. And one of them said to me, and it's such a great thing. They're like, you know, when somebody wants a quick fix like that, it's like, well, how long did it take for you to get out of shape and gain 40 pounds? It took you five years, but yet you want to be like 40 pounds less in five months. It's not going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting on your ass is not going to happen. Um, so, so we know that, uh, that you like sports, you, 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 you watch sports. What else? when you find the time to like sit back, relax and and binge watch stuff, like what are you binge watching lately? (laughs) Well, my, let's see my, well, I I'm, I'm a sucker for the dating shows. (laughs) That's when I need my brain to just turn off and like not think about anything. So I torture Micah and make him watch, you know, shows like the bachelor with me. And (laughs) Oh yeah. And and you've always been in like, and they've been around for a long time. Those things like 10 years or so. eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, the older I get, I'm like watching it and I'm like, what's wrong with these kids? <laughs> I know you're, you're watching. You're watch. like, what is what a freaking train wreck. And then your life is super bad. And it's right? like, yeah. I know I'm losing brain cells, but that's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's good though. Like, you know, it's pleasure. something just to turn the brain off. And yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Diana, uh, like in your house as a kid growing up, what are your parents playing for music? For music? Oh, Kenny Rogers. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Coward of the County I mean, and yes, oh man, it was a lot of Kenny Rogers, Country, and uh, Beach Boys. Yeah, for me, boys. a ton of Beach Boys. Yes, a ton of Dolly, ton of Kenny. Yes, uh, Eagles. <laughs> I got a lot of Eagles as a kid. Oh, Eagles oh. are good. Yeah. yeah, sounds like. And where did you grow up? It sounds like we kind of had the same music in the house almost. Um, I grew up in Vermont, like okay. way north northeastern Vermont, a little town called Saint Johnsbury. That's like forty five minutes from the Canadian border. Oh, nice. And uh, like how how little when you say little? Um, like five thousand, ten thousand? About five, probably five to seven thousand, maybe a little more now. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in uh, North BC. Uh, same thing, right? Small, like Kitimat was, I don't know, 12,000 at the most. Yes. Terrace yeah. was maybe 20,000. It was super. What What did you think of growing up in small town like that? Oh, I mean, I loved it. I, I, I love, I love Vermont still too. It just, it was a great place to grow up because it was just, I was out like literally just outdoors mm. all the time. It was just so much activity and it's such a beautiful place. 
well, it's freezing cold in the winter, but if you're up in BC, you know all about oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, freezing like cold winters, like minus forty Celsius. Like have a shower, come out, and like your hair literally you could snap your hair. It's that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sticking on music for a sec. What was your first concert that you went to? You know what's funny? Like because I was, uh, I think it was Dave Matthews Band. Wow, but I was I was much older because like going to con like that seemed like such a like to go to boston to go to oh, a concert. just too far or, that yeah. was just so far and just you know yeah. my i didn't i didn't grow up in a, my family didn't have a lot of money so it was like to go like do things like that was was like whoa so i remember i think i was in college and my first like real concert was was dave matthews probably at um what's the stadium in boston whatever the this foxborough maybe Is that yeah possibly yeah yeah, wow. so. that, that had to be epic. Like he plays for hours and hours, and they just jam on every song. Like, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. Do you, Do you watch much music? Like, do you go to shows and 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 all that often? Or we don't because I go to bed so early. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to stay away like... from the chips and shit that uh, yeah shouldn't be in, in sight anyway. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's we'd we'd be out past nine. I don't think we. <laughs> Yeah, they, we uh, really like Micah, my husband. I don't get up this early, but he gets up at three o'clock every morning and does this. Wow. I I'm later. Like I'll I I stay in bed till about six. But we it's just our flow, so we don't like. Ooh. Yeah, we don't go out to concerts too often. I mean, once what in a while, bed, like at ten nine. Oh, he go yeah. He goes to bed like eight thirty nine. Ooh. I'll go like between nine and ten. So he's he's he he just he's every single morning whether we're in prep or not it's just it's his creative time he, he just gets on the peloton and he goes and he posts all the social media stuff and he answers emails so it's like his it's like his most productive time and yeah. it's super quiet at three o'clock four o'clock in the morning so <laughs> yeah true enough i mean i do that i don't go that early but i'll get up at like 5 36 and and crack yeah. through a couple hours before anybody's even stirring and just you know pretty much get most of my day done you know before anybody's up Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's a great way. Uh, who's the most famous person you've met? Let's see. I had a period of time where I, I got to spend some time with different celebrities. Uh, I mean, Mario Lopez, I hung out with him one night. Nice. Um, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing all kinds of stuff. And actually, Saved by the Bell, there was, um, I lived in Park City, Utah for a while. And so, um, Mr. Belding lived, he was, he lived there. And so nice. he would, I, so I spent actually quite a bit of time with him because he would always, you know, if I was out of the clubs or whatever, he was always out. He was a super nice guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of if there's anybody more. I don't know. No, that's great. Are you kidding me? I'm no, like, like kill to hang out with Mario Lopez. <laughs> That'd be so great. Yeah. Emmett Smith. One time I met Emmett Smith. He oh, was nice. cool. I trained, I don't know if you know who Priest Holmes is. He was a, no. he was running back for the Chiefs for like a lot of years. So I, I was, he was, uh, I yeah. actually trained him for a summer. No shit. Do you have to, do you, do you, do you have to tweak the way you train? Like say if you were to train me and Buddy, would it be the same thing? Just kind of dumbed down? I mean, everybody's a little, I, I it's just depending on their fitness levels and, and goals. It, it's, it, it's usually a little different for for everybody. Cause I have clients like, uh, I just got back from the gym where I, my, 
I work with my oldest client who is 75 years old. So, okay. you know, well, <laughs> I train him a little differently yeah, than okay, like, so, you know, than like, yeah. yeah. professional <laughs> football player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Diana, I'll, I'll ask you a couple more and then we'll wrap it up. I, I, I told you it'd be 15, 20, so I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, this isn't necessarily a question. It's more of an, I, and I, I, almost every single guest I've had in the last 10 years on this podcast, probably close to 500, 600, maybe share a near death story with us where you're like, holy shit, I could have just died there. Oh, I've got one. Yeah. And it literally happened like maybe two or three weeks ago too. So <laughs> this was, so there's, and there's a hike. We just got back from Norway. We, um, Mike and I just celebrated our 12 year wedding anniversary. And right. we, we always do trips. We travel for birthdays and anniversaries. We do trips. So um, we did two weeks in Norway and we are huge hikers. So I have been researching like the best hikes, you know, the craziest hikes to do in Norway. And there's, there's this one hike called, it's called Crag Bolton. And I've seen people at the top of this hike, there's this boulder, there's two cliffs and it's a, it's a thousand meters. It's like 3000, um, uh, foot drop off, but there's this boulder wedged Ooh. between the two cliffs. There's nothing, there's no rails, there's no nothing to hold on to. And so people hike this kind of intense hike and it's like very steep you get to the top and then you go out on the boulder and like you take your picture so for years I've been like I'm doing this hike like I have to get a picture on the boulder and so anyway we do the hike we get up to the top and I'm not gonna lie like I'm not scared of heights and I got out there and I was like, this is way scarier than I thought that it was going to be. And I literally just posted the video of like this step because I, like I said, I'm not afraid of heights. So it, like, I usually don't get nervous or like my heart doesn't start racing, but this was, the boulder was smaller than I thought. And it's a big step because like the boulder is like wedged. So you can't just like walk out. You have yeah. to, and my legs are longer than some, but not as long as others. So you have to take one big step and it, you're stepping onto a rounded surface that's smooth. And there was like dust and dirt on it. And we had just walked through snow to get to this. So you're like, my shoes are wet. I was, I'm not going to lie. Like I was scared and I, you know, and people are like, Micah was waiting. And so he's far away. He can't like help me get onto this rock. I was like, this is the scariest. This may be the scariest step I've ever taken. Nobody's wow. actually died on this, which is actually shocking because it is small and it is literally, if you slip, you're gone. Like if you slip, you're literally dead. I mean, you're not going to survive, you know, that fall. And meanwhile, so, your legs are shaking, knees are shaking. Like <laughs> I really, yeah. So I did it. So I took the step, I hesitated and I kind of like looked back to see if there was anybody that would like, you know, hold your hand or hold on to the back of your shirt. So you had some kind of security. There was nobody there. So I was wow. like, I, I came on this hike. I have thought about doing this hike for like three years. I was like, I'm not getting this far and not taking the step. Yeah. So I did it and I lived obviously, but yeah. I mean, wow. I, was, I was, it was really scary. Felt like it, yeah. And I'm and like it, one and done. I'm done. I don't it, ever need to do that one again. I did it. Totally. I lived. And did did okay. Micah do it as well? He did. And he went before me, which I'm glad because I think if I had gone and he was he made the mistake of looking down. Oh. 
So he was out there and he was kind of like, quick, 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 take the picture. Cause he looked down and then he was like, like, kind of, feet, like. <laughs> so I'm glad he went first. Cause if I had seen how scary it was before he did it, I probably would have been like, you're not doing that. <laughs> Cause it's just like, I mean, if you slip, it's, I mean, there's just, it is what it is. Done. So anyway, I did, I didn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's scary. Dicey. could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and last one, I just, uh, I want to know what you think is your career highlight and like one thing, not tons of things. Can you pick one thing? Well, I would say, yeah, I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of things I would say are highlights. We, probably one of the most recent was um, we, in addition to Hitch Fit, we also run a fitness retreat business called Rock Body. And um, we actually had a real tragedy this past year. Our, our business partner um, died in February. And so we kind of have had to like rally and pick up the pieces. And we had a retreat in March at the end of March that, um, you know, so it was like five weeks after we lost him and it was hard and as it was to like pull it together. And we had uh, 90 people that came down to Mexico with us and a lot of them were connected to him. So there was a lot of grieving and there was a lot of, you know, that piece. But um, I say it's a highlight because like God just gave us the strength to do it. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences. He, he just, he, he gave us the strength to be there to pick up all of those people and to kind of catch all of those feelings and and give place people a place where they could let stuff out, but then build them back up. And so I would actually say that experience, like there were so many powerful pieces to it, but it was probably one of the highlights of my entire life, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like moving and just emotional, right? Like how could you that not be a highlight of, yeah, certainly not just your, your career, but your life. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry to hear that. That's, that's, so tragic yeah it was a, that was a rough one but you know we're 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 making it through and you know Going there's through, yeah, yeah. that plan so. well, where do you where do you see yourself and i guess i had three questions then where do you see yourself <laughs> in like five years do you have a plan for that far or yeah you know it's kind of interesting we're taking a shift like it's it's kind of we're in this transitional time mike and i both of um like god's been tugging on my heart for years that i need to be on stages and speaking and sh and sharing um a, a message and for men and women but really especially for women um and so i've known it it's been in my spirit for like a long time and it's we're finally having this transitional period where through the retreats we're hosting our first conference in January in Tampa, Florida. Um, so not only will we be speaking on it, I'm coordinating it and kind of bringing all these motivational, like people with really powerful stories in. And mm. so it's kind of starting to open those doors to that next chapter. So um, I have a new book that literally I'll have it in my hands. It's within the next week. Um, so that's, it. so it's kind of these pieces of opening the door to, I believe in five years we'll be, we'll be doing more, probably less time in the gym and transitioning that transformation that we help with to, to stages and to speaking and to really helping people dig in. And it'll probably be more in, um, from, from a speaking point of view and from the retreat point of view. And I envision that we'll still have hitch fit. We still have that piece of things, but I see it taking it to the next level so that we can actually impact people on a much bigger 
on a much bigger level. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but that's, I think that's the direction we're going. I love it. Yeah. So a kind of motivational um, outlook, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Just and- helping people with those mindset changes and helping them dig in to figure out what the root is. That's what is that root thing? That's like, that's holding them back. You know, if they can identify that root and start doing the work, whether it's healing, whether it's trauma, whether it's, you know, pain or whatever that is, if they can identify it and do the work, then there's, there's, there's next levels that people can reach. Mm -hmm. Well, fantastic. Thanks for the, the time today, Diana, where is the best place for people to go to see you and kind of check out your programs and, and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me first off. And um, uh, the best place would be hitchfit.com. And that's our online personal training platform. Um, my my contact information is there. You can sign up for the newsletter there, which kind of gets you in the loop with everything that we're doing. But also you can just check out all the d- different online personal training options if if, you know, working with me is something that you would like to do. And for our retreat business, it's rockbodyretreat.com. And the links for that are also right there on the Hitch Fit website. So that's kind of your place for everything. That's the hub, the hub of the Hitch Fit. Yeah. Awesome. Diana, thanks again for jumping on uh, today and have a great afternoon. Great. Thank you so much. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast. Hi, my name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And together, we run Buffering, a rewatch adventure, a family of podcasts moving through our favorite 90s genre television. If you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, well, great news for you. Our very first podcast adventure took us through all seven seasons of the series. We covered it spoiler-free, episode by episode. For those of you who want to start the show for the first time, you can find that podcast pretty easily. It's called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Inside that podcast, you'll also find an original song that pairs with each glorious episode of Buffy and original character jingles for so many of our Buffy favorites. Buffering has been praised in places like Time, Esquire, Paste Magazine, and the New York Times, and we've chatted with dozens of cast members, writers, directors, and fans along the way. Come hang out and rewatch some of your favorite television with us and a wonderful community of listeners. Learn more at BufferingCast.com or find us on socials at BufferingCast.